You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, back home in the man cave after a couple of days in Chicago. Great weekend. Boys are here ready to go, and as we always do, per usual on a Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Your phone call's forthcoming. Check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after another loss to the New Orleans Saints. Our good buddy Jeff Duncan tweeted out after the game, Sean Payton is now unequivocally the greatest holiday head coach in NFL history. 5-0 and on Halloween, 2-0 and on Thanksgiving, and 2-0 and on Christmas. So I don't know if the NFL keeps records, uh, but uh, Jeff Duncan saying that uh, Sean Payton is the greatest holiday head coach in NFL history. Stat of the day, stat of the day, <laughs> stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? what? Stat of the day. Top. Oh, if you're just joining us, my Super Bowl sleeper, the Titans. They're going to be without Derrick Henry, it looks like. Potential season-ending foot injury after the win against the Colts. Adam Schefter reporting this. Henry is undergoing an MRI today to determine the full extent of that damage. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. We got uh, poll question, McLevin, what are we going with? Okay, we've come up with the worst loss of the weekend, and we're just going to have to finalize the options here. Okay. Uh, okay, the Michigan Wolverines are might be the front runner. Mm. Then the Browns, mm. the Bucks, mm-hmm. the Bengals. Mm. I think the Colts belong in there because of what that loss meant. And maybe the Chargers? I don't know. Do you consider the Chargers as a worse loss? You got to win that game. Like these home games, you like the Vikings last night. You don't have Dak Prescott. Win the game. The Chargers were rolling. They, they have the game against, you know, Baltimore. Then all of a sudden we're going, okay, is, is, is that the team we think they are? Who are they? And then you go home and then you lose to the Patriots. Got to win those games. The Browns against the Steelers. Steelers aren't great. They're not even good. They're kind of average. And Baker Mayfield came back, and I know, hey, give him credit. He came back and tried to lead him to a victory. Well, sometimes you not being on the field is the better option. It's like Dak Prescott. It was smart for the Cowboys to sit him, whether they won or lost. You know, Cooper Rush came in and played extremely well. But the smart decision is, you know, let's look at this bigger picture long term. Baker Mayfield, in his mind, knows I'm playing for my long term contract. I am playing for 40 to 45 million dollars a year. I got to get out there. I got to get it back out there. I can't have Case Keenum out there. I got to get out there. Okay, you're, you're still getting hit. And, you know, the Steelers knew what was going to happen is they weren't going to have Baker vulnerable and they were going to try to run the football. So it helped them. They, the Cleveland Browns made themselves one-dimensional because they knew, you know, Baker back there, they're getting hit and he gets hit in that shoulder and, you know, he's going to be out of the game. So it's a little bit more cautious game plan. But you've got to win those games. And, and look, I could say the Bengals got to win that game against the Jets. If you watch the Jets play, I don't think they're horrible. I, I really don't. I, don't. I don't think they're a bad team. I, I, I think that defense is good. So I wasn't shocked that it happened. Now, I was really surprised that the Chargers lost at home, and I thought the Lions were going to win. And 
the Lions, you know, that was almost like a Houston Texans kind of performance where they just didn't show up. And uh, how about the Texans? You know, the Texans are getting blown out. It's 38 to nothing. And the betting line was 16 and a half. <laughs> so you're just watching this. And, and I'm, always, I'm always curious about this. Because having been in the situation where I gambled, and you always start doing the math. Every time somebody scores or doesn't score, it's a touchdown or it's a field goal or they miss the extra point, you just start doing math. And I wasn't good in math, but I became really good in math when I was gambling. And I'm watching this game. I go, okay, 38 nothing, Nothing to see here. Then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter happened. And the Texans look like the Texans of a couple of years ago. <laughs> they had 22 points in the fourth quarter. It was 38 to nothing. They scored 22. And the last I look, 22 plus 16 and a half gives me 38 and a half. Paulie, check that. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Confirmed. And I went, oh my God. That's unbelievable. It's such a bad beat. You got the Rams. You're already like taking that money and going, cool, I can parlay this bet into the next round of games. Yeah. And I'm going to lay a little bit more on a four o'clock game. Right. You know, I'm going to load up on Sunday night. Monday night, too. Wait. Wait, what happened? And then they score a touchdown, then they go for two. The only way you can lose is if they go for two and they make it. And they did. The Florida State game against Clemson. That's a bad beat. Right at the end of the game, and Clemson scores a touchdown. And I thought, oh, my God. These are the kind of games that you bet that make you stop betting. Like you just, it makes, it takes away your breath. It takes away your money, but it takes away your breath. Like, oh my God, what just happened here? And I've had those feelings because normally gamblers will tell you when they win. They don't like to tell you about when they lose, but if it's a bad beat, you almost feel like everybody's had one of those. I told you my, my worst beat ever was, was Green Bay against the Bears and all, all I need is Chester Markle to kick a field goal. That's it. He just he kicks the field goal, and, and I cover. Well, kicks, it gets blocked, goes back to Chester Markle, and he runs it in for a touchdown. And, and it's where you just kind of stop. The world stops. Everything stops. And you go, that, that, that's not allowed to happen. And there's been a couple of bad beats Horrible beats. And I'm not talking headphones, Todd. Yes, yes, Paul. Back to the poll. I know it's not really a betting one, but if you're like a Michigan Wolverines fan, you're sitting there in the third quarter. I think, what was it, 30 to 14, midway early in the third quarter. You're like, okay, we got this one. Yeah. We're up a lot, quite a bit, on a team that runs the ball, Michigan State. You're like, that, that feels good. And it just went the other way. Fast. You know, I, I was rooting for Michigan because I want the stakes to be higher when Michigan plays Ohio State. Michigan State's been a great story. And maybe they got the Heisman Trophy winner. But I, I was hoping for Michigan because I want the stakes as high as possible when they play Ohio State. And it's just for the story. You know, I, I don't have a rooting interest. I want the story there. But watching that one, and I thought, okay... Got a chance here, and uh, Michigan State made made the plays that they needed to. All right, 
Uh, best and worst of the weekend. We got our poll question. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app and we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. And we say good morning and welcome back to Barry in Long Island. Hi, Barry. Good morning, fellas. Dan Patrick talking the Jets. And the play of the day, I, I feel like Fred Sanford having one of his one of his fake heart attacks. This is the big one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to join you, honey. This is as good yesterday, as it's going to get for you, Barry. I think. Well, well, yesterday was my 61st birthday, and my J E T S give me uh, quite the present. Mike Effin White. I'm, uh, I'm uh, going to the game in Indy on Thursday, so uh, that pretty much guarantees the Colts a win. But, hey, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets! Thank you, Barry. By the way, the uh, worst interception of the weekend was uh, the Colts' Carson Wentz. You get younger quarterbacks who think that they can still make a play. They can make something out of nothing. And Carson's not that young anymore. He should know. What, McLovin? That was a game saver. It was brilliant analytics at work. <laughs> so, he was about to get sacked in the end zone. Yeah. Would have been a safety. Yeah. They would add a punt to the Titans, who would have been able to close to run out the clock, and the Colts might not have gotten the ball back. Mm, okay. and by the way, he was in the grass, too. A couple of years ago, they probably might have called that a sack. Well, if he was trying to do it, he did it really, really well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yes, Eden. And Carson Wentz in the postgame presser was like, yeah, it's a terrible play. I got to be better than that, blah, blah, blah. It would be awesome if he was like, well, analytically, <laughs> you know, analytically speaking, I actually saved the game and gave us more of a chance to win there based on. Uh, once again, Derrick Henry suffered a potentially season-ending foot injury in that win against the Colts. According to Adam Schefter, undergoing an MRI today to determine the full extent of the damage. Al in Atlanta is back. Hi, Al. Morning, Dan. Uh, match of the weekend was definitely Michigan State getting a big comeback rival win over Michigan. Uh, happy for my Michigan State side of the family. Worst, so many of them, so many of them. But climbs to the top is the loss of Jerry. Remy in Boston. I went to high school up in Boston, and I was introduced to Remy on Nessun, and I fell in love with him just like I fell in love with Skip Carey, and now his loss brings back the same feelings that I had when we lost Skip all those years ago here in Atlanta. Yeah, and and I'd like to mention um, Ernie Johnson lost his son Michael over the weekend, and if you've, if you've seen the special, the 30 for 30, it might be a 30 for 30 on Ernie, or it was just a, a feature. It's wonderful. Like, Ernie Johnson is a great person, a great broadcaster. He's a greater person. And if you get that opportunity, Google it. Uh, his son, Michael Johnson, and what Ernie would do every single day with his son. Now, granted, it's your son, but... You know, you're watching Ernie take care of his son and, and his wife did, too, and, and uh, his siblings. But it's really a remarkable story. And uh, Michael uh, passed away this uh, past weekend and uh, got an opportunity to correspond with Ernie and just said, thank you for sharing Michael with us. We're all better people. Jerry Remy was the Rem dog was a big deal in Boston and yeah, great personality. And uh, passed away. He battled cancer. And uh, so 
just a couple of moments from over the weekend. All right, we'll uh, get to more phone calls coming up. I mentioned this uh, bad beat. So Florida and Clemson, Florida State and Clemson, they um, Florida State last second attempt to score a miracle touchdown resulted in a touchdown for Clemson. So it's a rare double bad beat. <sighs> I, I, <laughs> so Florida State plus nine and a half, and the scoring under you lost both bets. Despite being on, you were correct for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. You had the right plus nine and a half and you had the under and it all ended on the last in the last second for the touchdown by Clemson. And I thought that the, uh, the defensive player was down at the one, but you know, I, I had no gambling interest in that, but I'm watching that. And I immediately go, what was the line? And then I was with somebody and they go, uh, nine and a half. I said, over, under affected? Yep. And uh, then you realize that uh, the guy I'm sitting with had the uh, plus nine and a half and had the under. Not good. Uh, Let me see. Get another phone call in there. We're going to check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is it about the Saints? Here's a third string quarterback against Tom Brady. And Sean Payton got... Got Tom Brady's number, got the Buccaneers' number. Craig in New Jersey. Hi, Craig. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, my best and best-er of the weekend has nothing to do with football and everything to do with the New Jersey Devils. Great hockey weekend. Great win against Pittsburgh. Heartbreaking shootout loss against Columbus, but who cares? Great game all around. Best-er, I know we lost one of the best broadcasters in American sports to the golf course a couple years ago. Doc Emmerich no longer calling games. While he's not the second coming, I think Steve Cangalosi of the MSG Network is next in line for that appreciation. I think he does it. One of those guys who just makes the game interesting to watch. All right. Well, thank you, Craig. I'm sure if I talk to Steve Cangalosi, he'd probably say that he was uh, influenced by Doc Emmerich. That ability to push a game out and not make it about yourself. And Doc is uh, as good as anybody who's ever done it. Let's take a break. we got more phone calls coming up. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. And the return of Carson Palmer, because it was last year, or last week at this time, where he brought up the name Mike Tomlin as a wild card candidate for USC. And the NFL world exploded. Yes, Paul. What if Carson was up in Idaho the past week with his phone off, just hanging with the kids? <laughs> no. Get a little outdoor no, time? No, 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 because I heard from Carson's brother. Oh. Jordan Palmer. And uh, I heard from him uh, on Monday afternoon. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, More phone calls coming up back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. I never know if my kids listen to the show. We went to a uh, pub in Chicago. My family was in for the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And uh, I jokingly said to my son, are you going to pick this up? And he goes, well, you got the Discover credit card, Dad. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, don't don't they match all the cash back automatically? I go, yeah. So he probably has one, but you still had to pay. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Unlock the Truth, the new Peacock original drama, Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon must solve a series of deadly puzzles to stop a global conspiracy. Stream every action-packed moment now, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. Can't help but watch games now and listen for Jimmy Jimerson moments. Of course, Jimmy Jimerson, our fictitious insider and covering all sports, but it's when you hear the obvious, you know, that uh, last night the uh, uh, Astros, uh, you know, this is close to a must-win situation. Close to. No, no, it's a must-win situation. If you don't win, then the Braves win the World Series. Or, you know, the Braves, uh, they, they don't want to go back to uh, Houston. No, I don't think anybody goes, God, man, I'd love one more road trip. That'd be nice. Man, the clubs in Houston are awesome. Yeah, Yeah, the Astros win tonight. They're forcing a game six. (laughs) As opposed to, they can't force a game seven, but they force a game six. But Jimmy Jimerson on full display uh, yesterday. Yes, there was also a, you know, if the Braves want to win, they're just going to have to start scoring more runs. Okay, fair enough. It's factually correct. I, I can't argue with that. Cannot. Uh, let's see. A couple more phone calls. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you ours. We'll cha- uh, check in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers losing yesterday. Then they have a bye week. So uh, we'll uh, get an update on just how bad that loss was to a team that they lose to. Lost last year. Both games. Lamar in Virginia joins us on the program. Good morning, Lamar. Best and worst of the weekend. How you doing, Dan? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you guys already mentioned it earlier. Um, my Colts losing to a field goal in overtime. Uh, hate to see it. Um, my best of the weekend, um, watching a Washington and Denver game. During the first quarter, uh, the commentary guy is mentioning a stat about RG3, and I could have swore I heard him say, Robert Griffith Jr. the third. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I was a little intoxicated, a little inebriated. I could be wrong, but that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for taking my call, Dan. Thank you, Lamar. I'll get some of my best people on that. Yes, McLovin. By the way, you kind of had to be drunk to watch that Broncos Washington game. Oh, that's that was. You would have had to pay me to watch it. There were a couple of games yesterday where I said, "No, this is not the National Football League." And that Denver-Washington game, brutal. Brutal. Yeah, Paul. The Dolphins are really tough to watch. First three quarters, I couldn't do it. And and you even had the Bills there, and Josh Allen, he couldn't overcome the boringness of them. I couldn't do it. I tried. Couldn't do it. Yeah, McLevin? You take away that just one Justin Fields run, that Bears-Niners was not easy on the eyes. By the way, when Justin Fields does something well, Justin Fields gets credit. But when he does something bad, then the Bears coaches get get the blame. Correct. <laughs> it's like Justin Fields had an unbelievable game. No, he didn't. He had a wonderful run. Now, Matt Nagy wasn't even there to coach it. Yes, he didn't. See, that's why the coaches get blamed, because Justin Fields plays better when his coaches aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, I found that interesting. It's like, man... Justin Fields, and then he does something bad, and it's like, man, the coaching staff puts him in bad situations. Yeah, Paul. But the Bears fans' reaction off that Fields run, it was like I got lightheaded. I'd never seen someone do that with a football in Chicago before at the quarterback position. I don't know if it's a good thing that he's the first Bears quarterback to rush for 100 yards in a game since Bobby Douglas in 1973. <sighs> You know, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. There's certain quarterbacks where you go, okay, that's part of the game plan. 
I don't know if I want my quarterback rushing for 100 yards. By the way, Bobby Douglas rushed for 1,000 yards, I think, that year in 1973. He wasn't a good passer at all, <laughs> but he was, he was basically a, a larger quarterback, and he just ran the football. But uh, Justin Fields did have a great moment there. By the way, I, I know that I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but he did what you want him to do yesterday. Trey Lance is not ready for this moment. He's just not. Now, is Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the future? No, we know he's not. But he performed pretty well yesterday. And granted, it's the Bears. But, but he, he still had a, a good performance yesterday. He ran for two. Didn't have any touchdown passes. He ran for two. Yes, Seaton. And it might have been two crappy teams playing each other, but damn, it was fun to watch. That was a fun game. They just kept, it was like a title fight. It was great. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you promote the game. Today, two crappy teams, Niners, Bears. Surprisingly entertaining. Next on Fox. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Isn't Jimmy Garoppolo, though, the most in-limbo quarterback of all? Because even if he plays well this year, he's not a Niner next year. Can't keep him. I, well, I don't think he's in limbo. He knows he's not going to be there next but year. But as far as like the rest of the league, is anyone aspiring to sign him to the roster? Yeah. You think he'll be somewhat attractive? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I thought the shine was way off him. Well, I, for me, it's been, but, you know, every time he'd win, I'd hear from Niner fans, yeah, all he does is win. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he's your quarterback. Why is it that you flirted with Aaron Rodgers? Why did you flirt with Tom Brady? Why did you draft a quarterback if he's your guy and all he does is win? If that that's the goal of a quarterback, win. Okay, then keep him. Yes, he that game yesterday, though, seemed to highlight why the hell didn't the Bears trade for Jimmy Garoppolo a few years ago? <laughs> he's like a local guy. He's a good-looking yeah. dude. He could play. Uh, he's got a ton of star quality. Why not get for him? Nah, yeah. I don't know if how you look matters in oh, trading for somebody. What are you? Come on. <laughs> Must be new here. For some people, it doesn't matter, but it's we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm, okay. Although I was watching, and you know, my wife knows nothing about sports. And then, you know, as I'm breezing through the games, and Garoppolo just scored a touchdown. He's on the sidelines, got his helmet off. My wife goes, who's that? I said, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the biggest tell in wife oh, history. I know. The who's that? I know. I know. Oh, who's that? Yeah, I see. That's uh, as soon as I hear, ah, he's not my type. I'm <laughs> I like, know. oh, you are You're lying. Liar. You are lying. Yeah, yeah. He's everyone's type. Yeah. Yeah, McLovin. If he loses next week at Arizona, or no, home versus Arizona, is he out? Well, Trey Lance is going to be the starter at some point the rest of the year, but he's got to get healthy. Like Once they realize that they're not a playoff team, if that happens, they're not a playoff team, then Trey Lance is going to be your starter because Jimmy is not going to be with the team next year. Then you're going to want to have Trey get all this experience later in the season because those games won't have any meaning. But, you know, he's going to get some reps there. That's going to be turnover in the offseason with quarterbacks. Now, I know I'm in the minority of thinking that Russell Wilson Jr. the third is not long for Seattle. Uh, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? So let me just start with those two teams, those two situations. If I said to the Saints, you could get Russell Wilson. Russ did put the Saints on his shortlist. If you could get Aaron Rodgers, obviously. What if I said to the Cleveland Browns, you can get Russ because they were going to trade for him a couple of years ago. Or you could get Aaron Rodgers. Or you want to re-sign Baker Mayfield. So there's some teams that are going to have real... What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? 
What are they going to do? What happens with Deshaun Watson? You know, does he does he play? When does he play? Uh, how many games is he suspended? What about Minnesota with Kirk Cousins? What about the New York Giants? Carolina Panthers? Denver Broncos? Washington football team? We keep thinking that there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL. There are, but there's a lot of openings. Or there, at least there's going to be. And it's not a great draft, by the way. There'll be somebody's going to be the quarterback in the first round, but that doesn't mean that's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, McClub. You put the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns on that potential changeover, too. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, how about the Browns? Yeah, I'd put them in there. Because I would, I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield. And the reason is not at 40 to $45 million a year. If you said, hey, how about, you know, we're going to somewhere between 30 and 35, we're going to give you a four-year deal. Okay, at least, at least we have a conversation. 40 to 45 just ain't happening. Not at all. Because I don't think he's, first of all, the philosophy is not, Baker, go out there and win. Win the game for us. You know? So why am I spending all that money for somebody that I'm only asking for a couple of moments each game? And I'm going to pay him that kind of money? Like the Cowboys rely on Dak. When Deshaun Watson was playing, they relied on him. Patrick Mahomes, they relied on him. Josh Allen, they rely on him to win games. Then you get down to Baker Mayfield. They're not really saying, Baker, you got to win this game. Yeah, Paul. There was a play later in the game. I'm trying not to be such a cynic, but Baker Mayfield got hit late and drove into the bench, and it was it looked bad. Like, he was underneath players. He shook everybody off, ran back, and did, like, the first down pump, arm pump. And in the moment, I know I'm cynical. I was like, man, is he playing to the fans? Is he trying to get the fans yeah. on his side? And it felt like it's it's got ulterior motives, not just the game itself, but the fan base. I mean, you, you got to figure if you're the defense and you're holding to P- Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh didn't have their field goal kicker second half. Didn't have their, they, I mean, come on. And then you score 15, you would think the Browns could score 21, 24. And, you know, like at some point you go, okay, you don't have your running backs. Okay, but you did have a running back who just had an unbelievable game. Uh, did you have any wide receivers? Uh, yeah, you did. It just wasn't a good game. But those are the kind of, you, there's nothing wrong with winning ugly. Because it still counts as a win. Yeah, McLovin. Would you consider trading Odell Beckham Jr.? It's been thrown out there a lot. I would have, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't want him in the first place. Because he, first of all, when he got there, he kept talking about what happened with the Giants. No, you're Cleveland Brown. This is, this is your home. Forget about the Giants. And if you want us to forget about the Giants, then produce here. And, and you know, he got hurt. Um, Baker's not the right quarterback for him. I think he had one target yesterday. Yeah. And he played 73% of the snaps. I know, I know. I, I don't want him. Cost a lot. Uh, you know, far, far too much media coverage on him. I mean, the Browns get a whole lot of media coverage because Baker's in all these commercials and Odell Beckham plays nationally. Plain and simple. Miles Garrett is a big name, um, but you know the, the Browns got a, they get a lot of attention, and they do not produce results. Yes, yeah, why aren't they better? I don't know. Something's missing. You know, 
well, let me let everybody get healthy, and we're going to see how good they are. In fairness to them, when they, they got two really good running backs, you had a, one of their linemen uh, who Conklin got injured. Uh, I want to make sure I didn't pull a Chris Broussard. Conklin is on the uh, Cleveland Browns here. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Chubb did play, but was totally ineffective. Like yeah. he, was, he was clearly not the same guy. The, uh, man, I wasn't surprised with what the Saints did against the Buccaneers. Rick Stroud, he uh, covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, uh, is that right, Pauling? Yeah, Conklin? nailed it. Okay, thank you. Isn't he a Michigan State offensive lineman? Ooh, yeah, like a top 10 pick, okay. right? Thank you, McLaughlin. Uh, Rick Stroud joining us on loan from the uh, Tampa Bay Times. And uh, I think still in New Orleans, getting ready to fly back to uh, Tampa. Uh, Rick, thanks for joining us. What is it about the Saints that gives the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trouble? You know, Dan, I, I just think that Sean Payton does such a terrific job. I mean, you look at the record that he has without a quarterback named Drew Brees. I think it's like 13-3. and three. And, you know, they're so well prepared. Um, that's a physical, physical defense. That puts a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. Everybody tries to, right? They're successful in doing it. And, you know, seven of Brady's 17 interceptions since he's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer have come against the Saints. He hasn't beaten them in the regular season. So, clearly, you credit the coaching and um, and their players. I also thought about that quote where he was sort of off the cuff having fun with the Manning brothers where he's talking about defenses. It's like cars or uh, dogs chasing cars. And I thought, golly, that's the kind of thing that comes back to haunt you. (laughs) Do you think the same thing? I did. I thought this is not the week to be talking about dogs chasing cars because, you know, you're the car and uh, they caught him. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't a good idea, but. You know, Tom Tom is, is feeling himself in Tampa, as we know. He's found his voice. Um, and in doing that, you know, look, it, it felt like there was a lot of hubris with the Bucks yesterday. You know, I, I just felt that um, they did beat him in the divisional playoff. That was the one that mattered, obviously. Breeze was, you know, a shell of himself and all of that. Um, but, but this is the team that's won the NFC South four years in a row and, and now has a, you know, sort of a, a leg up on the head-to-head. So, uh, you know, of all the years in the NFC, if you're going to go to the playoffs, you need to win your division because there's too many good teams, you know, with one one loss. Uh, and so, you know, they did it last year the hard way, but there were no fans or very few fans on the road. That won't be the case. So it's going to be a battle, I think, all the way to the end with these two teams. How would you assess Tampa's defense? Well, I mean, you know, again, they're playing, you know, with a – with a short deck. I mean, they're missing their corners. They hope to get guys like Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy bunting back after the bye. This is a much needed rest for them. Um, you know, Richard Sherman was active, was there just to finish a game if they needed them. So uh, that certainly helped them hurt them on the back end yesterday. You saw that, but I think they made mistakes uh, just of emotion. You know, Devin white can't get, you know, a horse collar penalty. Unfortunately hurt Jameis Winston on that. Then gets another roughing the passer, um, you know, and then ends up with a taunting penalty. You know, this team, this team hurts itself. Um, there was one play, you know, where they have an interception in the end zone uh, with Antoine Winfield Jr. He's eating W's in the end zone while the flag's dropping on Will Golston for roughing the passer. I mean, that's just a bad look for a young team that that needs to know, uh, you know, sort of how to act. And I, I just felt like they they didn't handle their emotions very well yesterday. And they got to get better at that because they've talked about penalties all year. 
they cut them out after the Chicago game a year ago, but they're still happening. So, you know, they, they can't beat themselves. They're, they're a better football team than the Saints. They didn't show it yesterday. Most threatening team in the NFC to Tampa Bay is who? Um, well, if you can't win the division, that's going to be tough. But I, I would say – I would say the best team I've seen, and they got to get healthy, is the Dallas Cowboys. You know, mm. the Rams certainly have the formula because they have some 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 top flight defensive player with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and that. Um, but I think you can beat them. I I look at the Cowboys if they get their defense together and those guys are healthy offensively with Dak the way he's playing. Um, they're they're a tough out. I mean, the Bucks you know won on opening night by three. Uh, but I like that. I like that football team. There's a lot of good ones in the NFC, and and really, it, I think it's going to be a premium on who wins the division. If you can win your division and get a home game or two, you'll be okay. But let's be honest. When you look at the records, the schedules. I think everything's going through Green Bay, and that's you know, if the Bucks or anybody else has to go up there, it's likely not going to be a balmy day like it was a year ago, and there'll be more than nine thousand fans with with placards banging on the stands. So. That's, that's always a tough place to play, and there's just not many teams I think the Packers are going to lose to. Safe travels, Rick. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Always good to talk to him. Appreciate him joining us uh, from the airport there. That seems like a team that doesn't worry. Like uh, Their coach won't get freaked out at the press conference. What's the media going to say about us? Probably not. Uh, Jack Conklin out with an elbow injury. We don't know the extent of that. No, it, it doesn't look great, though. But if, both those guys, Luan and uh, both there, I actually maybe have the wrong guy now, but hasn't uh, the Browns had all sorts of problems with the uh, injuries up front? Their whole line keeps going in and out. That's why I think they're not winning. Conklin missed the last two games with a knee injury. Now he has uh, an elbow injury. All right, let's come back, and then uh, we'll give you our uh, best and worst of the weekend. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Remember when the Big Ten was a big deal? Well, that seems like a long time ago. Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Well, Ohio State's still there. Michigan State is still there. Penn State, not so much. Iowa, not so much. Michigan loses. Indiana. Indiana lost to Maryland. Oh, boy. Indiana was a really big story last year. But uh, And Michigan's got to realize, hey, Michigan State is not your little brother. They're your daddy. So I think the uh, sooner they realize that, because they always set their sights on the Ohio State, you got get through sometimes some of these other schools that uh, you think, oh, we, we should be able to handle Michigan State. 
and they always refer to them. I think it started back in 2007. Mike Hart, running back at Michigan, referred to Michigan State as little brother. And uh, it hasn't gone well for Jim Harbaugh. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Todd, I'll start with you. Best and worst. Speaking of Michigan State, running back Kenneth Walker Jr. the third runs all over Michigan at East Lansing. 197 <laughs> yards, five TDs, kept Sparty undefeated. He also caught three balls in the 37-33 win, and Jim Harbaugh's group goes down their first loss of the season. Worst of the weekend on Friday night in California, Inglewood High and Inglewood Morningside met up on Friday. Final score, Inglewood 106, Morningside 0. Inglewood was up 59 nothing after the first quarter. For some reason, they decided to attempt a two-point conversion while already up 104 nothing. Morningside coach Brian Collins called it a classless move. Inglewood QB Justin Martin, who had already committed to UCLA through 13 touchdown passes. Why are they, are they in the same conference? Do that I do not know, but they have no business playing one another. And why are you going for a two-point conversion when it's 104 to nothing? Is the losing coach upset that they scheduled this team that's supposedly a powerhouse or that the team ran up the, ran up the score? Because the schedule's set. Same district, so maybe it was like one of those they had to play. And, and, and the two schools aren't very far apart. They're less than five miles apart. But football, <laughs> football-wise, they're a continent apart. Yeah, McLovin. It's 13 touchdown pass, so they clearly didn't stop passing the ball. Maybe yeah. they could have run to keep it more yeah. normal. Yeah. What, what if those runs became touchdowns because they're physically down at the line, too? And, and the score is still 109 to zero. You know, after the first quarter, then, you know, you should say to both coaches, we're going to have a running clock. Like, this is high school. Now, when it gets to college or when it gets to the pros, um, you know, then, then it's different. Certainly when you get to the pros and you want to run up a score, you know, it, to me, it's not a big deal. But in high school, if, if there's a big difference between talent here, then your obligation is also to protect those, those students. And if you're going to have a running clock here and you run the football. Yeah, McClellan. Sorry, at some point they did start a running clock, to be fair. Okay. They, they, they were still throwing the order. football. They should have started during the national anthem. Yes. Prior to the game, they're going to have a running clock. But you're still throwing the football. Like you clearly set out to embarrass them or had no problem embarrassing them. Yeah, Paul. We in the media and adults get all upset whenever these stories come out. They come out like twice a year. We always talk about it. Yeah. Do you think the kids on the losing team are more bothered by the score or that at some point uh, we as adults want the other team to take mercy on them. Because I think if I was 17, and even if I was getting bit, beat 50-0 to zero at halftime, if the other team started like downing the ball and taking a knee, I'd be like, oh man, I'm having mercy taken on me on a football field. That, that feels worse than the outlandish score. Yes. I would feel... I would feel bad. I'd feel worse if they were trying to take pity on me. You played high school basketball. Yeah. Let's say you were on a, a team that was not good and you were losing a 35 to 4 at halftime and the other teams went four corners in the second half and didn't shoot. Wouldn't you be more embarrassed in that second half for the crowd watching? Yeah, I don't I wouldn't care if you you put up you beat us by 50. I I I wouldn't. Um I would be mad at us, not at them. Yeah, uh but you're uh, as long as you're running legitimate plays, like you know, again, run versus pass. If you're getting killed in a basketball game and they're still chucking up threes when it's 87, 19, you know, there's a difference between you know, just play the game. I don't want you to quit and take a knee, but don't try to beat us by 200. That's really not necessary. Yeah, see, yeah, I mean, you're being humiliated either way, right? So it's kind of like at that point, you just have to choose which version of humiliation you want as the loser. Yeah, I, I would rather give me your best shot. Go ahead. Instead of, hey, I'm going to take pity on you. Hey, little guy, we're going to uh, we're, we're going to stall. 
we're going to uh, take a knee each time we get the ball. I, I don't want that. Yeah, see. But there is, it is sort of the right thing to do, though, to, yeah. to yeah. not keep scoring. Yeah. Is the, absolutely the right thing to do. I see it play out in, like, with my son's soccer team where they've been the team that has to stop scoring, and then they've also been the team that's had, you know, like, mercy taken on them where, like, they're just getting destroyed. And then the coaches will figure out some way to say, like, you can keep shooting, but you can't shoot until every kid has touched the ball. You ha- every kid has yeah. to get a pass, and then you can shoot. Or you can only shoot with your non-dominant foot. Things like that. Well, that's a lot. Uh, McLovin, did you give me a best and worst? No. Uh, my best, I'm going to, can I borrow something from you? Sure. Uh, before the game, you mentioned Marcus Jones, a Houston kick, uh, kick returner. He's awesome. Yeah, he uh, returned a kick with 30 seconds left to beat undefeated SMU. And I think he's got nine returns for touchdowns in his career. Yeah, he is, this was his fourth of the year already. And it really gets, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, but the game is tied. They kick to him, and you could even hear the announcers like, like you don't want to kick to him. And it, he went 102 yards. Yeah, Paul. I can't wait for this kid to get to an NFL team and never return a kickoff again because yeah. they're always touchbacks. <laughs> awesome. No more, no more kickoff returns. We're not going to have uh, pitchers batting anymore because the DH is probably going to be in the National League next year. Yes, McLovin. Uh, my other best, by the way, Kenny Pickett, 519 yards for Pitt. And they lost. But they lost. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, we're, we're trying to pump up a quarterback here. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Uh, my best of the weekend, uh, NBA Sixth Man of the Year, basically wrapped up at this point. Mm. Carmelo Anthony, balling out of control. <laughs> He's got like, I don't know, 19 threes in the last six games or something like that. He's, it's kind of, can he be reborn for the third time? By the way, he needs to keep shooting threes. LeBron needs to stop shooting threes. Brought this up, was it last week, where LeBron all of a sudden going to be a three-point shooter, and he's not a good shooter. All right, what else? My worst of the weekend, DK Metcalf got flagged for hugging the goalpost. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> really? I guess that's, ta- uh, you know, are you taunting the other goalpost that really? you're hugging this one? Uh, best and worst, Paulie. Uh, the BYU-Virginia first half football game, I think it was like, they ended up, the game was 66-49. BYU-Virginia, who'd have thunk it? The worst of the weekend, um, I'm going to go with Pitt football. Every time you want to jump on their bandwagon, then they lose one like this. Same thing in Kentucky. Kentucky was doing well all year, then they lay an egg against Mississippi State. And I'm even throw Ole Miss in there. Ole Miss was still in the mix, mm. and they score three points in a second. Uh, sneak in Sean in Kansas. Hey, Sean, thanks for holding best and worst to the weekend. Hey there, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Six foot, 165. Cool. Well, the uh, best of the weekend for me, being in Manhattan, Kansas, is watching K-State beat TCU so bad that they let go of their coach. Yeah. Um, I know it was a mutual agreement, but it was, uh, it was a long time coming, it felt like. And then uh, I guess the worst is just seeing how the Chiefs defensive players came out on Twitter and Instagram and were bashing the, the fans of the Chiefs because we uh, – we just want our defense to play better, you know? I guess we're really toxic because we just want our Chiefs to play up to the potential that they have. Yeah, Tyron Matthew and one other teammate, they're basically calling out the fans, you know, that never satisfied. Fans just want you to play some defense. Two hours in the books, one more to go. The return of Carson Palmer. Back after this. <laughs> 